Alright, dude, so I gotta introduce you first. I gotta, I gotta introduce you. Don't say anything until I say your name. Just let the song kind of take it in. This is what it is. The song sets it up for the whole thing. Hello, everybody. This is Steven Saylor. We got a good one for you today. Let's set sail, baby. Oh, oh! one in today's society a lot of people will tell you a lot of people will say you know your mental health is the best thing a lot of people will tell you uh go get you a therapist i say fuck that get you a tattoo artist and i got me one right here right now give it up for berto espinoza dang dude i like that that's quite the entrance i mean because you pay them they, they get yeah, they're sticking you you gotta they gotta listen to your bullshit there's no other way around it oh for sure <laughs> but also i'm sure it sucks <laughs> you got someone they're just like my fucking kids my wife she's out two timing uh ow that hurt a little bit you know like that's gotta suck <laughs> dude it's funny like when people usually tell me about like their life and stuff like when i'm when i usually just like agree with them about everything you know that's like the easiest way to go about it you know it's funny, uh, I actually kind of took that from uh, my mentor, Scotty. He's like, dude, it, like in any situation, if people are talking politics, all this stuff, you pretty much just agree with him and you go along with it. And like, <laughs> it's dude. just funny because it's like, you know, you're just like, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, I agree. Like somebody be talking about something serious, just like, oh, dude, it, you know, you, you heard about Hillary and the way she, and you're just like, oh, yeah. Dude, yeah, lock her sure. up, dude. Oh, yeah, I totally, I don't, yeah. But also, you're working for a tip too. I mean, they're already yeah. paying you good money to get, but you're working for a little bit extra. You're yeah. just gonna, and that's that's why I say get yourself a fucking, get yourself a tattoo artist because yeah. the therapist is gonna try to tell you, hey, you're an idiot. That tattoo artist is gonna be like, yeah, dude, just stroking your ego. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it feels good. You walk out of there with some good artwork and you feel like a champ. Yeah. So, Bert, how did you uh, get uh, first off for the people that don't know? Berto Espinoza works out of Blacklisted Tattoo in Crown Point, Indiana. He's been doing it for almost, what, almost 10 years now, huh? Yeah, dude. I uh, So I started super young. Um, like a lot of people ask me, uh, you know, that, that question when I'm tattooing them. So m most people know uh, that I've tattooed. But, yeah, I started like – I was like 15 or, 15 or 16. Um, my uncle had got me some tattoo machines online. And so around that time, like, I, well, I was drawing, like, all the time. And uh, he had brought up, he's like, dude, you should try and, like, tattoo. And I, I like, I thought it was pretty dope just because, like, I used to draw, tat like, permanent marker tattoos on, um, you know, myself and my cousins and, you know, my brother and stuff. So the idea was cool. And I was just like, yeah, you know, that'd be super cool. So, uh, yeah, he ended up buying the machines and he took them um no actually okay so he he bought the machines they got shipped to his buddy uh rocky's house so then we went and picked them up i ended up getting a hold of them dude and it was game over like i was tattooing myself i was tattooing my brother <laughs> um some friends and stuff like that and uh though they were trash dude like i got some doozies on my legs <laughs> that are just Trust me, my brother did, did a bunch. I, I think he like he took like a sticker pack 
of like just a bunch of like single stars and like took the stars out and then put like the outline on his leg and then just colored it in. So he's got like a sticker like sheet on his leg of just like <laughs> badly scarred stars. Yeah, I'm dude. Like, so I did a terrible portrait of uh, my grandma on my brother's thigh. Oh my gosh, dude. He got roasted for the longest <laughs> time. And like, so we, we uh, used to wrestle. Um, for like high school and stuff like that. And uh, so his shorts were just high enough to where you could see the terrible portrait of our grandma, dude. And he never lived it down. Like the wrestling coaches, everyone would just always, <laughs> always make fun of him, dude. Cause it looked like my grandma had a five o'clock shadow. Cause like, okay. So for anyone who like tattoos, when you're doing like, uh, you know, black and gray tattoo, um, let's say it's like a portrait, like I was mm-hmm. doing. So you're supposed to, you know, you dip into like a dark shade of black, right? So you're supposed to dip into water uh, after that to rinse that dark shade if you want to get a lighter shade. Well, I just was straight dipping into dark black, light black. Like I didn't, dude, I didn't know what I was doing. So like I was dipping into like all these shades of black and just trying to, you know, make a smooth blend on my grandma's face. And I just gave her a five o'clock shadow. (laughs) Yeah. So he, and he still has that on his leg actually. And he's always asking me to like cover it up and I'm just you know i like, like letting it sit yeah you're like just, wear it with pride man <laughs> you know, wear it with yeah, pride yeah well, yeah wear it with pride sometimes dude. hey things aren't all yeah. they can't all be tens all right you yeah. gotta deal with it yeah dude uh but yeah wrestling uh so you you come from a wrestling background and so do i but you were a lot better than i was i was just there you know i was just in the room somewhere probably telling the coach hey i need a drink of water you know trying to get out of running laps and shit but uh that took you to a different place yeah. didn't it? that took you to fighting yeah yeah i uh so like i would say around my maybe it was like the end of my freshman year uh i started taking wrestling a lot more serious and then um just through the years of doing that uh like right after you know high school ended you kind of just missed that like uh super competitive uh just like environment you know like the camaraderie you get like being around your buddies who wrestle and like being a part of that team and stuff um and then just like the physical uh exercise and stuff you're doing like you're just grinding it out like daily um just you know keeping your body in shape and stuff Mm -hmm. like that um so yeah I, i missed doing that like a lot and uh so uh one of the dudes who used to wrestle on our team you know sean mcmurray yeah um you know, multiple times state champ. So he had fought for this uh, local gym. It was called Doolin Valley Tito. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think from what I recall, it was either it was either him or um, someone else who had mentioned it to me. I, I want to say it was him that, you know, had invited me out there to, uh, you know, just train with those guys. And, uh, yeah, it was super cool. You know, it was fun. Uh it was definitely you definitely got like that that feeling that you used to get like being in the wrestling room and just um you know just being competitive and like it's tough you know it it, like doing that stuff just uh molds you dude like mentally and just uh physically yeah i mean i've heard stories of uh you know fighters they're in the locker room waiting to waiting to go fight and they're trying to jump out the window they don't want to do it because it does (laughs) you're literally in a battle oh dude you're in a full-on medieval battle with some other dude who could probably well probably kill you oh for sure dude it's it's crazy like well it's like that too like i I definitely don't 
don't uh, condone like street fighting or anything. <laughs> yeah. Like, have you ever been into like a street fight, dude? It's the same. It's like the same way as like when you're in a cage. Like either way, like like you said, like you're getting in there, and there's a chance you could die. Mm-hmm. And like that, dude. That alone, like the thought of that is just like you get punched wrong, or like you hit your head wrong or whatever, dude, you get knocked out, you fall down, hit your head wrong. Like you, you could die. And like, that is intense in itself. And you're just like, Whoa, yeah, like, fall down, hit the stool. Next thing you know, <laughs> fucking, uh, Gran Torino's hitting you up with yeah. some fluid in, in the hospital <laughs> bed, you know, just million yeah. dollar babing yourself. It's not dude, good, man. Oh. It takes, I think it takes a special kind of, uh, a special kind of heart of a person to, 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 to withstand that because I mean, I've been punched in the face. You've been punched in the face. It's not the funnest thing oh, in the world. No, dude, it, it hurts for sure. Like, I remember uh, the first time, like, sparring at Doolin and stuff, and just uh, uh, those dudes are definitely, like, some of the ones I was sparring with were already uh, pro fighters and stuff like that. So it was like you, when you get pinch, punched in the face by someone who, like, is training every day and knows what they're doing as opposed to getting punched by, like, you know, when if you're out in a street brawl and like chances are the dude you're fighting really doesn't know what they're doing, yeah. you know, and uh, it's so much different because you're just like, dang, that one connected really good to my face. That, yeah, that and a street hurt. brawl like <laughs> you know, can be over in ten seconds. Dude, yeah, dude, I'll tell you what, man. Like when I was <laughs> when I was young, I was sort of a hothead. Like I, I was I was kind of always looking for like that opportunity, and like that's totally not a good mentality to have. And like now, and it was like when you get older now. Um, especially with the way the world is now today, dude, it's like, you, it would be pretty sketchy to get into a street brawl day. Cause you don't know who's pulling a gun. You yeah. know what I mean? Like most people, I feel like nowadays don't want to fight. They'll just shoot you. And it's just like, yeah, and it's, and <laughs> honestly, the whole like, fighting thing is so popular. You really don't know who the fuck has been training <laughs> legit or not. Yeah, that too, dude. You're like, yeah, I know yeah. some dudes I went to high school with that, like, like uh, there's one dude in particular, I won't mention his name. Uh, his first name's Brett, though. Uh, I, there was wrestling practice or in the shower and the rest. He's just in the fucking corner of the shower, like holding a bottle of like and just, just you know, just jerking. Like yeah. that dude trains with Brazilian jiu-jitsu and like is a black belt. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the dude who was cranking down in the shower to a bunch yeah. of it, like literally could grapple me up. Like yeah. I don't know. Maybe he just enjoyed getting off to men. I don't know. Maybe he's still doing it. Maybe they're cool with it. I don't know. But uh. Yeah. Yeah, fighting, that's a, I don't know, man, that takes, that takes a lot of, and if, if, you know, I feel like having that background going into a a business such as the tattoo industry, where it really is cutthroat, um, it's not about, I mean, it's about how good you are, it's also about who you know, it's about how much you're putting out there, how much you're marketing yourself, it's, it's, and it's, it's like that thing. It's like, okay, well, I'm a fighter. I got to make this weight. I can't, you know, go out and eat a cheeseburger. I got to get up at 5am. I got to go run five miles. I got to go to the gym. I got to go do sparring. And you're like, you're locked in because I see it, you know, um, my brother who you work with a tattoo artist as well. Like the work doesn't stop when you go home. Right. Like it's, it's constant. You're drawing, you're, you're booking appointments and shit like that. Dude, it sounds, it sounds crazy, but like, and I think most artists would agree with me. Like, I know we just sit at a chair or like, you know, you're sitting all day and like tattooing, but like mentally, dude, it takes a lot. Like I, I feel exhausted when I get home and like after I've done like, you know, six, eight hour session on somebody's arm or their back, like, dude, you're fried. And it, you know, you're just so focused like that whole time. Uh, you know, you're just like, you're in the zone. Like, I, I don't know. It's hard to, hard to describe unless, uh, you know, like you, you've done it. Like, it just, t- it takes a lot out of you, you know? And, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, um, not only that, but I mean, obviously we're hunched over all day, so your yeah, your is back is fucked, dude. <laughs> you're and you're, and you're uh, like yeah. people who just like just admire tattoos or watch it on yeah. Ink Master, they're just like, oh, he's just placing his hand there. No, you're stretching the skin. Oh yeah, like oh, you're yeah, that. That's I mean, I mean, imagine carpal tunnel is a real thing in the tattoo dude, industry. So yeah, a couple. Of, uh, no, it was my probably have been about a year ago. I started getting like carpal tunnel. I feel like in my my left wrist pretty bad and. uh um, I was kind of doing like these rubber band exercises and stuff like that, but dude, oh, it was firing up like terribly. And I, I don't think what helped it was like, I was trying to, go, I was going to the gym and using this, uh, like grip exercise machine. And I think that just intensified it and made it worse. Like I was, I was thinking to myself that was like counter counter, like acting like you're, sh- you're, you're, you know? you're, you're working that muscle. Yeah. And yeah. And I was thinking to myself, like. Oh, this is probably gonna help it, dude, and uh, not at all. Like it, it just made it worse. And then when I stopped, you know, using that, then I kind of feel like uh, the, with the rubber band exercise and stuff, it kind of helped, and it just, you know, eventually went away. It's not as bad now, but uh, it's weird. Like if I'm doing any like uh, physical exercise at the gym, like doing, for instance, like a deadlift, I'll notice my left wrist is like a lot weaker, so it's a, it's a lot harder to hold on to like, um, you know, a barbell and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, dude, tattooing is definitely uh and, and like we were talking about earlier, you know, you're listening to someone's bullshit. You have to play the game. <laughs> yeah, dude. You know, you're sitting there, you're already know, kind of yeah. exhausted, stretched over, and you're just like mentally yeah. you got tunnel vision on this piece. You don't want to fuck anything up. And then some dude's telling you about like, oh, I found a I found an ant in my toe last week. Like, I don't know. Just yeah. like the rambles random is bullshit. Like, I'm sure it's not easy at all. My clients now are probably listening to this like, oh, you asshole. I thought we were in a mutual agreement. With you, you know, like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, no, for the most part, I, I mean, obviously I don't want anything. I'm fake. Like I'm, I'm just, it's a, all good fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's dude. So, sometimes too, I feel like when I'm tattooing, some, sometimes people will tell me stuff that like, I don't need to know. Like some people go hard, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll tell you, you know? like some raunch and you're just like ah, what do you do with that yeah. like you, you know you're like, like what? i have no advice for you yeah, i honestly like, didn't even want to hear like, that uh you know do you want to take five and uh, <laughs> you want to walk that one off i'm not <laughs> you know like i don't know what to do with that you know? yeah yeah going back to fighting who wins this weekend dude all right i would like to see connor win but i don't think connor is uh I don't think like he's he's mentally like just hungry anymore. Obviously, like you know when you make the stupid amount of money he's made, you know when you make that kind of money, it's probably easy to get complacent. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the dude comes from like nothing, so like he was super goal oriented going into uh, you know like the UFC and like um, you know he met those goals and you got to give it to him. The dude changed. Uh, the UFC uh, like 100% man just the way that a lot of the fighters carry themselves now like dudes went went from wearing like sweatpants and a hoodie to press conferences to now they're like all dressing to the nines Mm -hmm. like you know you got to give it to him like he definitely started you know that movement in the UFC where uh, uh you know he just showed more class but at the same time he you know 
changed the game with like the shit talking and everything like oh yeah that, you know what i mean just, just took it to a whole nother level like a personal level too you know where just people are like oh my dude God. i mean he brought in dustin Poirier's <laughs> wife on this bro one. Like, like oh connor ruthless. are we back are we back <laughs> yeah, dude like just ruthlessness but uh i'd like to see him win i don't know though you know it's it's hard to uh it's hard to make those predictions now because, like, fighting dude is just unpredictable. Like, you never you never know. Like, mm-hmm. it's – I mean, anything could happen, but – I, I mean, we'll you're going up against a dude, like and, – and in this instance, they've already fought twice. It's 1-1, so you know it can go either way. Right. And I'm sure that's how it is in most fights. Like, Sugar Sean's got this opponent who's 9-4 and four recently just, like, just signed for this fight to the UFC. He could come out and blast Sugar. Dude, yeah. That kid's fun to watch, man. Like, uh, he kind of reminds me of, like, uh, okay, obviously Bruce Lee was, like, way before my time. But, like, just from watching, I grew up watching, like, all the Bruce Lee movies and stuff like that. And, like, the way he moves, like, that that just quick. He just has, like, that that fast, like, finesse, dude. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it reminds me of Bruce Lee. But he's, like, super, he's super fun to watch, dude. And he's quite hilarious. He's a quite hilarious guy. And, um... Yeah, like he's he's gone on record saying how like uh, he a lot of people say he he uh, copies Connor and he's like no I learned from Connor yeah. he's like Connor was the person I looked up to like I wanted to be Connor yeah. but now I'm me and I'm in this position I'm just taking what Connor did I'm evolving it yeah. I'm gonna evolve it make it something else now yeah. and that's kind of cool I love seeing people just like I love seeing just motherfuckers that are just go for it. They know what they want, and they're going to go for it, and they're not going to stop till they get it. Right. Uh, and then Connor, he 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 got what he wanted, and he's still going. Right. It's like, when are we going to hang him up? I don't want to see you hang him up <laughs> yeah, yeah. because he's he's electric, man. He uh, I enjoy watching him fight even when he loses, right. and it sucks. And then I hate myself for the next three days because we paid <laughs> money to see this shit. Um, it's crazy too to think, dude, because you know, like we like we said, he changed the game so much. It's just like even when he does lose, like he said, it's just like you're still pumped that you got to see him fight whereas yeah. like any other fighter almost like that you see lose you're just like oh they're trash you know yeah. but when Connor loses he's like ah oh, damn it Connor. Yeah, I want to <laughs> hit home it's tugging on my heart strings. Uh, Devlin shit. yeah <laughs> holding tonight Devlin yeah you go to work the next day <laughs> just fucking depressed and stuff dude Everyone's like, what's, the, what's, what's wrong he did wrong, it dude. he fucking lost yeah, I, I don't know I, I want to lose right now <laughs> yeah. like I just want to go home yeah. um it's uh it's weird it's weird so, but Tats, uh, and I'll, we had talked before, like, you're a pretty big comedy fan. Oh, yeah, dude. So, what, like, what, what kind of comedy? I always like asking people what their, like, their favorite comedy movies, like, of all time. All right. All right. Favorite, co- dude, okay. So, cr- anything pretty much with, like, Chris Farley. Yes. Like, that was my shit. Uh, like, Black Sheep, Tommy Boy, you know, stuff like that. Um. But I will say, and you could count this as a comedy chick flick, dude. I'll probably get roasted for this, but I think Mean Girls is one of the funniest movies. It's, it is one like of the that's funniest movies. extremely movie. underrated, dude. But I could quote, like, that whole movie. I don't know what it is or why I think it's, so, like, so funny. It's just, I feel like maybe it's just because it's, like, 
it was all the cliches that were around <laughs> when we were growing up. Every single <laughs> yeah, cliche. It's, like, it's accurate too, man. Like you, you knew like, especially the scene like when they're and they're in the lunchroom, you know, and you it shows like you got the jocks, the nerds, like all that stuff. Like that's exactly how it is. It's yeah. just funny the way they depicted that in the movie. They did it so they didn't do it like I mean it's called Mean Girls, but they didn't depict like how the the groups were in a mean way it was like a realistic thing there's that one nerdy kid who thinks he's a good rapper like (laughs) you know like there is you know the mathletes they're like they're they're the mathletes but behind closed doors they're all talking shit about everyone they're like fuck this dude and uh, you got the the gay dude who's just like so hilarious and witty and is like oh i ate for you glenn coco and not for gretchen wieners (laughs) and like and just walks out it's such a good movie I love I love those stupid stupid yeah. funny love flicks. They crack me up. Yeah. But uh so yeah, I would say uh you know, growing up, my brother and I definitely would always watch, you know, like I said, any movie with Chris Farley or uh Jim Carrey was another one. Um but then I'd say like, you know, around my teenage years, uh, like my uh, sense of humor kind of like changed. I thought that Zach Galifianakis was like the funniest dude. And I still think he's super funny, man. Like, I love that dude's sense of humor because it's like you don't know if he's being serious or if he's being funny, but that's why it's funny, mm-hmm. especially when he does like between the ferns. Yeah, you know, like those are hilarious, dude. I and you know, dude, they're all scripted and everything, but they're it's like <laughs> it's just his personality. But yeah, and then the writing of it is like because all that shit's written. It's like this dude's a genius. Yeah, and he's got Brad Pitt spitting his gum onto his forehead, like. <laughs> God, it's awesome. Yeah. Zach Galifianakis in uh in due date. Uh, oh, oh, he's dude. like he's like uh never in my in my twenty three <laughs> yeah. years have I ever been disrespected. So it's like you look oh, like you're sixty, dude. Robert Downey spit on his dog. He's like, I have never <laughs> And Jamie Foxx is like, You just spit on that man's dog. He's yeah. like, I know. I went I went full rage. I went full rage. Robert Downey Jr. is another one that like he kinda started out in uh was it Weird Science that he was he was in like for the first one? He did a couple of those like uh, those like teen movies in the eighties, and then did like one about like him being a druggie, and then went to jail for sleeping in some random person's bed. Yeah. Comes back as Tony Stark, and then he's just one of the funny. I think he's one of yeah. the funniest dudes. The way he does interviews is just like yeah. this dude is hilarious. His career took off definitely in his later years for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah he, man, they were saying that he was doing. He his dad was doing drugs with him at like eight. His dad was like drinking with him and smoking him out at like eight years old. It's like of <laughs> course he's gonna wake up in some random person's yeah. room. He's been doing it his whole life. Yeah. Like he's you know waking up in mom's bed. He's like I thought I was in my car bed. What is this? Yeah. You know. Yeah, uh, he's like super successful now. Oh yeah. Uh, I do you know one of my favorite comedies of all time uh, is Blues Brothers blues brothers yeah dude i've only so uh, my dad's like real big into uh like john blue like the old snl crew yeah. uh you know stuff like that john belushi and uh um i've honestly i've only seen bits and pieces of the blues brothers i don't think i've ever watched it all the way through it's so good so satirical and i mean if you like chris farley like yeah. you'll love belushi because he he's he wanted to be Belushi. That's yeah. what he always said. He's like, Belushi's my hero. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so fucking good. They're in, they're in like this restaurant in Chicago and uh, like a big uptown. Everybody's got like suits on and they walk in smelling like shit. 
they had just been like just got out of jail and they're trying to retrieve you know fucking uh the keyboardist or whatever saxophone player and uh they sit down he's like if you don't join the band again we will come back here every day for three meals and ruin your life and then he turns over to like this rich family he's like the girls how much for the little girls and it's just like it's the funniest fucking can't get away with it now but it's like yeah. the most hilarious thing he's just going so over the top to get his friend to come back into the band yeah. you'd get me too for that real fast <laughs> couldn't do that today his was it his older brother or his younger brother that uh was in that uh, TV sitcom According, According to, to, Jim? to Jim? That was his younger brother. Younger brother, okay. Yeah, he he's a he's a uh, a marijuana farmer now. Oh, seriously? Yeah, he's got like this huge marijuana farm, and yeah. Dude, that's crazy. Uh, Mike Tyson's doing that now too, mm -hmm. isn't it? And the dude from uh, Did you ever watch that show, Wilfred? Wilfred, no. On FX. It was about a dog. It was weird. It had Frodo in it. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's got a company too, but he dresses. Uh, he plays that character. Is like he's like a grown man, but like he's wearing like a labradoodle suit. Yeah. But that's just because the character sees him as a grown man. He's actually a real dog. But I want to buy a pack of this dude's weed because he sells it in like a marble red container with like this dog face on it. And it's just like I just want it for the packaging. <laughs> yeah. I don't want the weed. I do want the weed, but yeah. I just want the packaging. I'll hang it up, and put it in a shadow box or something. There was a. Uh Speaking of packaging, like weed packaging, uh, I follow this dude, uh, Jeremy Steinberg, he, Twitch. He's a, a retired motocross rider. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, he has his own, like, you know, weed company or whatever, too. And he has these things called Twitch Sticks. And uh, he posted them on Instagram a while ago, and I thought the same thing. I was like, well, those are pretty cool. I don't really smoke, but I was like, yeah, those, the, the packaging's pretty dope on those. I used to you know i used to partake i used to dabble <laughs> no, not so much anymore it's but, uh, it's gotten weird now man the dispensaries <laughs> are ruining it for me i think are like they? yeah i don't like it uh, i don't like going to the dispensaries it's way too uh it, it's way too white and clean for me i don't <laughs> i don't enjoy it it's like you know you got to order sometimes you got to order online and then you get out there and then they read your order back to you as like i don't want everybody knowing what i have <laughs> sir you wanted the the purple cushion <laughs> yeah here's your edibles hey, here's your pre-rolls it's like that dude only bought a gram and i know he's looking for more okay don't yeah, yeah i have a lot right here <laughs> but like i like the feeling of like you know doing the whole slap of the hand and then put it in, in a pocket and just like you know, with every step back into the house, you're like, is this grass or is this grass clippings? Yeah. Like, I don't, and you pull it out and you're like, oh, it's neither. It's oregano. <laughs> Great. Let's hit somebody else up. The, it's a game. And then the rush of the potentially the police being nearby. Yeah. You're like, you just, your adrenaline's <laughs> pumping. I feel safe going and there's a yeah. security guard opens the door for you. I'm like, no. Super random. But I remember like when I, when I was apprenticing, okay, so I, I bought some weed off this kid and I forget whose number, how I got his number. It was through like a mutual friend or something. But I remember, dude, like it was the first time that I ever had like texted somebody who I didn't know, you know, <laughs> to get like, some weed. Because apparently this dude was just like one of those like drive by kind of dealers. Like, bring it to you. Oh, dude, he pulls up and he looked like he was about 15. This dude was <laughs> dressed up, bro, like to the nines. I was like, where? Like, <laughs> where are you going after this you know what i mean like <laughs> but yeah it was like so, i don't know why I it's like dress for the job you like, want not the job you have dude for real like, <laughs> i don't know why that will like always stick with me because that was just the most like awkward time i've ever 
purchased weed in my life. <laughs> Dude, I used to I used to sell some weed. I don't think I don't think I can incriminate me now. It's been a, almost ten years, but it was weird getting the random numbers. Like who the I told don't give my number out. <laughs> yes, like, I was that guy. <laughs> or if you're gonna do it, at least ask me. Yeah. But yeah, I get some some random number and be like, "Hey, yo, JT told me it was cool to come through for an eighth. I'm like, I don't know JT, and you're <laughs> fucked. Go find somebody else, dude. <laughs> like, I just be disrespectful as fuck to him. I'm sorry. That'd be sketchy too, dude. Like, I feel like if I was doing that, like, you never know who was who'd be like the cops or not. Yeah, dude, it was sketchy. There, there, there was one point where like I was afraid to like leave my house. Oh yeah. Like just for fear of one, I may miss a cell. Yeah. Two. Are the cops down the street waiting for me to right. leave? Like I've seen, <laughs> I've seen good fellas. Like, oh, yeah, you know, right. I've seen it. I don't want to. Uh, it was terrifying. <laughs> and then at night, you just randomly see a cop go down the street and pull around in the call sack and just sit there. You're texting everybody like, "Turn around, go home, go home." Like you're not coming tonight. Yeah. Like, yeah, selling weed was weird. That was stupid decisions as a kid. Oh yeah, dude. You make dumb ones. What's one of the dumbest things you've ever done as a kid? I oh, as a kid? Yeah. Uh, I think it was. Do uh, you remember that? You remember that movie uh, or that show? It was like a dating show on MTV. Uh, it was like where the parents picked like three guys oh, or girls. Parental control. Yes. Parental control. So this, this parental control. So this dude took this girl out on a date, and they he said they were gonna make butter. And so I see him pouring what I think is milk into this container and they're just shaking it up and shaking. And then they make butter and spread it over bread. I was like, that looks like fun. And I hadn't even started smoking at this point. <laughs> so I do it and I put some milk in there, skim milk, no fat content, put it in there and I'm shaking it and shaking it and shaking. I've shaken about three hours and nothing. And then I got like sidetracked. A buddy came over. It's like, Hey, you want to go ride bikes in the trails? It's like, fuck yeah. I put the loaded thing of milk underneath like this, uh, this, this shoe rack in the closet <laughs> And then I moved out of that room a week later and I left the milk there and no one lived in the room for oh, like dude. six or seven months. And then it just like smelled so bad. Like my sister's like, I want to move in there. And she opens the door <laughs> and it's like, and no one can understand why this smell is coming from like, did someone die in here? No, I tried to make butter and forgot about it. <laughs> if I find this, it was, I did it in a planner's peanut container. And so they pull it out, and it's just this green mass just in this fucking thing. I was like, my bad. I thought it was, that was probably one of the dumbest things I've done. What about yourself? Dude, okay. The the one thing that comes to mind all the time is, all right, so when I was in, like, I was in, like, sixth grade, um, my buddy and I, we used to steal cigarettes from his grandma, and we would put we would empty out our walkie-talkies, the batteries in the back, and we would shove them in the walkie-talkies. So I ended up getting caught by my mom one time, and then obviously we weren't smoking cigarettes anymore. But there was one time where we were trying to smoke paper towel. We rolled up paper towel, dude, because we couldn't get cigarettes anymore. We rolled up paper towel and smoked some paper towel like there was cigarettes. And I remember just, dude, I remember inhaling it and just being like, what am I doing? You know, like dude, one of the dumbest things you could do. It, it's not that dumb because I've done the same thing with college ruled paper. Oh like God. just rolled it up and thought I was smoking <laughs> a cigarette. And I'm just like, <clears throat> just like dying. And like, 
I wonder why now, like in the summer when it's really hot, like I can't breathe really well. It's because I was smoking just paper for the hell of it. like <laughs> Just to smoke something. Yeah. I'll tell you one of the dumbest things I've done as an adult, and that was uh, stick a whiskey-soaked tampon up my ass. <laughs> Did a little boofage. All right. We were on tour. Try and get yourself a quick buzz. Quick, dude, it was the quickest I had ever been drunk in my <laughs> life. The quickest. So we're on tour, and we were in West Virginia, and we had been talking about it all day, just like boofing, whiskey soaked. So who's going to be the first to put a whiskey soaked tampon up their ass? You're and like, fuck being sober. I need to act. I need to act right now. <laughs> get me drunk. Uh but I was like, I'll do it. And they're like, bet you won't. I was like, pay for my food for the week and I'll do it. Because there's two things not to tempt me with. is free food and a good time. Like, oh, yeah. I'm taking both of them. So, dude, I popped it up there. And literally before I got, like, on my feet, I felt like I had already just taken, like, six shots. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Instant. But it also could have been the fact that it was cinnamon whiskey. Oh, yeah. yeah it burned even worse. <laughs> Because it burns going down and it burns going up, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's it. I don't recommend that to anyone. But if you're gonna try it, be safe. Don't soak it too much, and only do one one insertion, just one. Oh, dude, that's funny. I've never heard of that. I've heard, I've heard of people like parachuting shit up their ass, like pills and stuff, to get high. But I've never heard of a whiskey soaked. Dude, tampon it's it's if you've got a couple hours to spare and a tampon <laughs> on hand and just a little bit of whiskey. I mean, maybe yeah. try it. If yeah, not, dude. that's you're not missing out on much. Yeah. If you've been drunk yeah. once, you've been drunk twice. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, we do stupid things, man. Sometimes we do stupid things. Uh, there was <laughs> there was one instance where I thought, like, uh, you know, speaking of stupid things, I thought waking up was a good idea. <laughs> and I just woke up, and it was the worst. It was the worst day of my life. <laughs> yeah, today has just been. And it was today, actually. Was it really? Yeah, like, I, dude, okay, so it's really hard for me to wake up and get out of bed, like, when the sun is shining. Like, I just, I love sleep so much. But when the sun isn't shining, it's ten times harder to get, like, oh, out of bed. Yeah, I'm just 100%. like, and, like, I work semi-outside, and I knew it was going to rain today. I'm just like, oh. yeah. I'm out on the lake taking a boat, and I'm just, like, soaked. I'm just like, this is yeah. fucking ridiculous. Yeah, dude, I've pretty much... Like the last two weeks, I've just been feeling lazy, man. I haven't been getting up, going to the gym, nothing. I don't know why. It's just like, I don't know if it's like the weather or what, dude. Just been in a funk. It happens. I mean, given the state that we were just in for the last year and a half, and, you know, I'm sure it didn't change much for you. When did, How long were you guys off? Um, for the From what I know, too, like most people, most shops i'd say were closed like three months like two to three months or so mm -hmm. so i know a lot of guys though i mean for the most part you're still tattooing on the side or yeah. you know working side gigs or whatever but Dude, we were off, I, we were off for two weeks and i took an extra week just to kind of be cautious and then i looked at my bank account i was like i gotta go back to work <laughs> and so it's just been the same mundane thing for the like the last like and i'm just like you know, I come and do comedy, and you don't do much else. The movie theaters are still closed. That was a big thing I like to do in my free time. Yeah. Like, it's it's just like this whole year and a half has just been so mundane. Dude, it was so crazy when uh, when I found out that the Portage movie theater closed. Like, because I felt like it was always popping. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now, I don't live in Portage anymore. I mean, I've 
I've moved out of there. I've been out of there a while, but it's still just kind of like, it's weird. Like we're just in that. Like a furlough. Yeah, dude. We're just kind of hanging around. It, it, yeah. it is very weird. Even, even like in, even like with the comedy, I, you know, I've seen growing up, I've grown up watching comedy, you see clubs and it's, yeah. they're packed butts a nut, but you go to club now, everything is so separated. Yeah. You know, you can still like old clubs, you know, you'd still, you'd have tables, but it'd be like a new table would be where this chair starts like a foot away is a brand new table. Now yeah. it's like three feet away, four feet away. Yeah. Um, so it's a little weird and like, I don't know, everybody's kind of off putting. Some people are wearing masks. I feel like a lot of people have begun, like gotten less considerate yeah. since like I got a mask over my face. So if I just, you know, I could, I could not say thank you and just like, you know, yeah. Oh, I said, thank you. When you open the door, it's like, you can't see it. And I feel like a lot of people are still dicks. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that kind of weighs on you. But yeah, dude, how is it? Like, I was going to ask you, like, do you, how is it like doing stand up comedy? Like, is that stuff you pretty much uh, like all I have to memorize or do you like shoot from the hip on that? Like, uh, sometimes you shoot from the hip. Um, and just hope it sticks. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you, <laughs> you just know, hope it sticks or sometimes, you know, you got you have a premise and, you know, and then, you know, your punchline and then. So you have your premise and then you'll, you can, you can set it up eight different ways, you know, but your punchline still got to be the same or you can just, something will come and you'll say it differently and it hits 10 times better than it did the night before. Yeah. And you're like, so when you go and listen to your stuff, you start transcribing, you're like, that's the way I got to tell this joke now. Yeah. Sometimes when you're working new stuff at like open mics, I, open mics, I like to have, have notes. Yeah. Just in case, you know, because it's all mostly new stuff. Yeah. Uh, just in case I, you know, miss out, I can just take a quick glance down. But it shows it's a little frowned upon to have notes, mm. like actual shows, a little frowned upon. Um, I've done it because, like, I'm still very fresh. Yeah. Um, just over a year, so like I've done shows here where I've had notes on stage, and then I get off, and I'm like, and then I watch the next comic go up and kill with no notes, and I'm like stupid <laughs> you know yeah. just uh but it's it's tough because sometimes you can do really good and then you get back in the green room host brings up the next comedian and within a minute they forgot who the fuck the, <laughs> the comedian before was They're like fuck that dude he doesn't matter anymore dude have you ever been on stage and like thought that you just told a banger like you know like yeah. you're just like oh dude that was some straight heat and then With, you just don't get yes, the reaction you're it does like, yes and it, you're just standing happened. there like eh. you're like all right <laughs> i was like, like i thought that was funny i mean i guess you guys are stupid but yeah, that's right. cool uh, next joke you know we'll just go into <laughs> yeah. it uh sometimes sometimes and sometimes you gotta address the bomb like you gotta address when it bombs you're like hmm that one sounded different in my mirror this morning yeah uh you know just address and make fun of yourself for yeah. like not make not doing your job yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, like yeah. your job is to make people laugh but <laughs> when you don't do it you gotta you really gotta force it yeah um it's tough though man it's tough like i i know i'm due for one really good bomb where like i just i don't get any laughs even the tried and true shit doesn't hit i'm bound for it i haven't hit it yet thank god but i've seen people just like that i know are killers yeah go up there and just bomb and it's like it's funny because you know they're a killer yeah, yeah and it's like this fucking crowd is stupid yeah. you know it's, it is funny but it's like damn i'm sure living in that sucks because <laughs> i mean i bombed it oh i don't really i count bombing at open mics because you're working on new stuff yeah. it's not stuff if you can make people laugh at the open mics you go back, you go back. it is a podcast shout out to the market lounge and shout out to our this is our reoccurring guest he's 
every week, every episode. Go ahead and say a couple things. Who are we doing here? Or am I coming later than normal? I think I'm coming later than normal. You're coming later than normal. We're about five minutes out from being over with. Oh, well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this. I love Steven. Thank you very much. That was Eric Ewing. Uh, shout out Market Lounge, Valpo uh, Comedy Club. Good people here. Um, so what were we? I'm sorry. What were we? Comedy. Uh, yeah, comedy's weird. I love it. It's fun. You meet a bunch of new people, but it is a stressful thing. Yeah. It is a stressful thing because you like you said, like you said, you can have something that you think is a banger and it just doesn't work, and then you try to tweak it and it doesn't work again, and you try to tweak it, it doesn't work again. You're like, I'm gonna make this fucking joke work. I know it's funny. Yeah. Um, but it is fun, man, because you go to a comedy show. It's it's literally it's the funnest thing in the world. Uh, I love I love going to comedy shows because especially like live comedy. Like it's hard for me now to watch actual stand up. Yeah. Because it's like oh I've seen the fucking thing like this I've seen the actual work it takes to get to that. Yeah. I'm not saying I I mean I don't know any big time guys. I'm not saying that at all. Um, but just working like you 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 have so much more respect for it and. You have so much more respect for the actual live stuff. Like, yeah, the specials are cool, but I'd much rather be in like a club. Yeah. Watching real comedy. Is it harder now? Like, do you feel like comedy is harder now because of like the sensitivity of like our culture now? Like, do you feel like it's a lot harder to make funny jokes? You know what I mean? Or do you just say fuck it and go Dave Chappelle on everyone? Some people, <laughs> do, I mean, I I know there's a there's a great dude. He was a guest on this cast. His name's Billy Dodaro. Yeah. Uh, he's very controversial. Yeah. And he's not like that in person. He just finds that shit funny. Yeah. He's an old school. He's like an old school Italian dude from the South Side. Yeah. But he's the nicest fucking guy I've ever met. But he has a joke where uh, he he had to break up with an Indian girl because she. Because her hand job sucks. She kept giving him Indian burn. <laughs> and it's like, it's so stupid, but it's hilarious. And he's gotten banned from a club oh, or two. And it won't be his last, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, some people just say, fuck it. What I think is funny is funny. And you can either get behind it or not. Yeah. And I think that's one of the real things in comedy is find what you think is funny. Right. And make people find it funny. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fucking magic trick. How And I was like, I, said, I am still learning. But it's a magic trick to watch somebody go up there. We had a dude here. Uh, he was only supposed to do 30 minutes. And the show ran until 1230. He did, ended up doing 53 minutes. And people were still going up to get drinks at 1220. Like he just captivated them. Yeah. yeah. For 53 minutes. Yeah. You're like, I'm sitting there. I'm, not, I'm just sitting there in awe like this. Yeah. This is a genius at work right now. The dude is so in the zone. He's got he's got these people wrapped around their wrapped around his yeah. finger and he's fucking them yeah. with consent. It's amazing. <laughs> like it is. It, it's That's a true art form cool feeling, though, for sure. I have yeah, to, to be up there and have that feeling where you're like, I, I could do anything right now because I already got him. Yeah. You know, I had him. With, I had him in the first 10. I'm just going to coast. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm going a half hour over. And the host let him. He just The, the manager was just like, fuck it. I'm letting him go because he's got him. The more they're buying drinks, I'm cool. You know? And, it, like, you see that. It's fucking awesome, dude. I'm sure it's the same way when you see, like, someone from your shop just, like, do a killer fucking piece or go to a convention and, like, win, like, first and show or something. Like, I'm sure that's got to be fucking cool. Yeah. Like. Yeah, as soon as I get done tattooing and. Yeah, they go in the mirror and look at their tattoo, but then uh, your brother will get done around the same time as me, and then I got to look at his tattoo and look at mine and then look at his. And then <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. Then I'm like, you know what? 
I, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done here, dude. You're like either. You're like, I'm done. And then you go home. You're like, fuck it. I'm not done. I'm going to start drawing. We got more work yeah. to do. It's, it, it is like, it is. I feel like that it's a super inspiring thing. It's like, oh, I want that feeling. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So we're getting, we're getting close to the end here. We got about two minutes. There's going to, a song's going to kick in oh, okay. eventually. So we can just keep kind of cruising. I want to ask you, where can people find you? Dude, you can find me on Summit Street in Crown Point at Blacklisted Tech 2 Lounge. It is an industrial building, so don't look for, like, I don't know. Like, it's not like in your uh, usual tattoo shop building setting, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. We're, we're kind of a little slightly It's a little off-grade. tucked away. Yeah, a little tucked away, but it's, it's still in a nice, busy road. And I got to be honest... I've been in a lot of tattoo shops. Dude, it's huge, man. Dude, it's huge. Crazy. And the artwork and just like the the atmosphere when you walk in, it's a yeah. completely different atmosphere. One of the best shops to walk into. I mean, how many vending machines do you guys have? Yeah, we got two right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I've seen people, I've seen shops just like, oh, we got a, we got a Keurig, but we don't refill the pods, <laughs> you know? We had a couple of those in town. Like, no big deal. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Yeah, all that artwork, man. Most of the like the big paintings you see up on the shop, man. That's Tony Reyes. Uh, he's painted most of those. So, dude's crazy at acrylic painting. Mm-hmm. So he goes to town to get them done pretty quick too. And we'll link that down below. Uh, and we'll link uh, your Instagram. What's your Instagram yeah, handle? Yeah, my Instagram handle is at Birdo underscore tattoo. All right. And um, how long have you been? How long you've been at? You've been at, at Blacklisted for. Since uh, to November, so coming up on a year. November. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, Berto, yeah. we did it, man. We did it. Thank dude. you for coming in, it's and fun. thank you for sharing some time with me, dude. For sure. Uh, for anybody who was wondering, the joke I have about my hand tattoo was done by this man right here. So make sure you go in and get some get some work done, man. This has been set in sail. Thank you very much. I am Steven. We sat down with Berto. Peace. <laughs>